Hello everyone. It's a great privilege to be here in the presence of God and stand before you deliver the message of God. If I didn't get saved, if I didn't abide in the church, this grace never be given to me. I'm sure that. So I hope we had a great time in the name of God this time. Let's pray and begin. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for saving us. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for giving us this opportunity. We are here because we want to know the will of God more. We want to be grown up and we want to be used by God. We know that there are many things we have to do for the name of God. There are many souls we have to save in this world. Please help us to fulfill your work. Help us to save many people. Help us to love each other. Help us to be grown up. Help us to be united in the name of God. Please be with us this time and grant us your grace. In the name of Jesus Christ, we prayed. Amen. This is the second time to learn the word of God on the topic of church. Today, we will learn with the topic, the church, which is the body of Christ. God used the parable to teach about the church. It is like comparing the church to a body. The church was designed by God, by God before he created the world. He made a plan to save people from eternity. And he made a plan to make a complete church through born-again Christians. After that, he began creation. When we look at the world's beautiful nature, and beautiful animals, we might be amazed with the ability of God. Then we need to think and we need to remember that the church is much more beautiful because God has more sincere interest and heart on church. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 22 to 23. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22 to 23. Let me read. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. God designed the Lord with the head of it, this beautiful church. As the Lord became the head of the church, the church became the most wonderful and beautiful being. The will of the head appears through the body. When you look at the body moving, then you can see what the head is willing. If the head has wisdom and ability, then the body will do great work. Therefore, today we will study by four chapters, the head, the body, the member, and their union. Chapter 1, head. The head is important. If the head is a dog, 
the body will act like a dog. If you have a cat, you will behave like a cat. Let me show you one picture. What do you see? A train. Many cars run in combination. What is the most important car on a train? The most important car is the head. How strong your head is will determine how many cars can be connected and how much work it can handle. Can you guess how many cars does the longest train in the world have? Guess the number, please. Let me show you one example. There are long freight trains in the world. With the power of the head, it can attract an enormous number of parts. Let me show you one more. We cannot see the end, right? Can you count the numbers? For your help, let me show you one movie clip. Please look, watch carefully and try to count. Yes, the longest train is said to be over 7 kilometers long. That's about 700 cars towed. Therefore, if the has, head has enough power, then many cars can be connected and can follow wherever the head might go. Let me show you one funny picture. What should we call this animal? Doggled or bulldog? If your head is a dog, you will have more dog behavior. But what if you don't have head? The body may move, but the body cannot know where to go, where to head for. And sooner or later, it will die or disappear. You know chicken. If you cut off the chicken's head, what will happen to him? Can you guess? Sometimes the body walks without head. You don't buy it. Okay, let me show you. มันน่าจะโดนถ้ามันเรื่องเลวร้ายอาจจะเป็นไก่ชนที่โดนตีมาถ้ามันเป็นอีกข้อความคิดหนึ่งที่คิดว่าอาจจะลักษณะว่าอ
It is not enough to say that it is living kitchen, living chicken, right? Then, what is the head of the church which you are belonging to? What is the head of the church? The head of the church is the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, the church must do the work of Jesus Christ. The church must show the work of the Lord. Jesus Christ, he saved souls and he loved people. That is what he did. Likewise, the church must save souls, nurture souls, protect souls, grow up souls, and love each other. That's what the church must do. If such a work does not appear, that means the outward appearance may look like a church, but it proves that the head is not the Lord. We must be in a correct church. That means a church which is the head is Jesus Christ. Only then we can do the Lord's work together. Therefore, we have to judge carefully whether my church is belonging to Jesus Christ or not. Whether the head of my church is Jesus Christ or not. And whether the work of God appears or not. We have to judge carefully. And chapter 2, body. The body is the union of each member. The members here are born-again Christians, of course. Christians are children of same father, God. We have same father. Our God, we call him father. And there runs the blood of God in our heart, right? That's why we are children of God and we can call each other brothers and sisters because we are one family. We have same father. So the church is the eternal family and eternal union. We are a family. None of us is outsider or guest. We must not forget that we are a family member in one family clan. This picture shows what a church is. The church is the union of Christians to form the body of Jesus. The head must, of course, be Jesus. Let's go to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Let me read. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. That's right. No guest, no but family. This is my church. The church you are belonging to, the church you are attending on, that is your church, not just Korean's church. They are my eternal families. Please look around. You can see your brothers, your sisters, your family members. You are in one household of God. Then what is the difference between family member and guest? 
Let's suppose that some brothers and sisters gather together and eat delicious food, and you saw it. If you can say, let me in, and join there naturally, that means you are family member. But if you hesitate to join and wait until they say, come in, that means you are a guest. Please try to be a family member, not be a guest. When there are any kind of a fellowship or Bible study or visiting, then please, please try to join there willingly because you are not a guest, you are a family member, and all those things are the work of a family. When we go to John chapter 19, when we go to John chapter 19, you can see some important words of Jesus Christ. John chapter 19, verse 25 to 27. John chapter 19, verse 25 to 27. Let me read. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. When Jesus died on the cross, he left a few words, very, very significant words. There is no way he had left meaningless words in that painful situation, isn't it? He said to his mother Mary that John was her son and said to John, Mary, his mother. What does that mean? Under the cross, a new family relationship began because of the love of sacrifice of Jesus Christ, because of that love, because they became brothers and sisters, that's why they became one family relationship. They have a family relationship. So when you receive salvation, at the same time, we, you become a new family in the body of the church. The church is a community of destiny. What does that mean? Community of destiny. Like a family, you cannot choose whether you join or leave. You cannot choose that. That we call community of destiny. From your birth, you joined in the family. You cannot choose. Likewise, from our born again day, we were joining in church. We cannot choose. And we share our destiny until the end. That's why we call it community of destiny. Therefore, the purpose of a church is not generate, to generate any profit or to win the competition, but to grow up with each other and to be happy all together. That's the purpose of a church. So when we gather together, we have to 
try to be happy with each other and be grown up with each other, not try to gain some profit or compete with each other. That's not the purpose of a church. I have two younger sisters. When I was in middle school, my youngest sister came home crying. The boy living next to door to our house, he stepped on her foot and her foot was bleeding. At that moment, I couldn't stand it. So I ran out and punched in his face. Of course, that time I was not born again, but I had the heart that I have to I had to protect my sister. I loved her, so I tried to protect her and I tried to revenge for her. Likewise, I can't see I can't see my brother so our sisters stumbling in the world, struggling in the world, while be hurting in the world. I cannot see that because they are my family members. It is right to try to protect each other. It is right to serve each other, love each other, because we are one eternal family. If then, how much will God love and protect his body, his church? God does his best to protect his body and nurture his body, his family. Let's go to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter, nine, chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 29, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 29. Let me read. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. Yes, Jesus nourishes and cherishes the church because the church is his body, his family. Jesus loves the church. That means if we abide in the church, we can be protected. We can have a perfect protection by God, by Jesus Christ. Everybody carries his body. Everybody. Likewise, Jesus carries his body, the church. So anyone in the church is under the protection of Jesus Christ, under the love, perfect love of Jesus Christ. And he feeds and lages him. Therefore, we must be in a church. One more thing we should know. The Lord, who is the head, came to the world to serve. Jesus came to this world to serve. That means the body also must live in this world to serve because that's the will of head. The body must accomplish the will of head and show the will of head. Let's go to Mark. Mark chapter 10, verse 45. Mark chapter 10, verse 45. This is the word of Jesus Christ. Let me read. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life 
to ransom for many. Yes, Jesus came to this world to serve for all. That's the will of Jesus Christ. That's the heart of head. Each member of the body must know the will of the head and practice the will of the head. That's what we should do. Jesus served. We too must serve each other. When I serve others, then others will serve others continuously. Just as Jesus came to this world to serve, we came to this church building to serve. We live in this world to serve souls. To bring them to Jesus Christ, we must serve them. That is the heart of Jesus Christ. Instead of Jesus Christ, we must serve the souls. So, we need to remember this. The church is the body of God. The church should be full of love and serving because that is the will of God. It is right to love each other and serve each other. Also, the church must preach the gospel. That is the will of God. It is appropriate for the dead soul to be born again and for the saved soul to be grown up. And the church should be holy because that is the will of God. We must prevent sin and false doctrines from entering this church. Chapter 3, Member. All members are part of a body. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 20 to 22. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 20. Let me read. But now, indeed, there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. Every member has a role to do. You can tell that this is a smaller role and there is a better one. Everyone must work together to achieve the will of head. Even without me, God will accomplish his will, surely, but God will pay cost because of me. Each member has a role. Even the seeming weak member is very much valuable. So desire that you can be used for the church for anything. There are some people who are saying that I am ready to do big things for church, for gospel, for God. But sadly, that people, some, of them people, some of them are not ready to do small things for church. We need to be prepared to do anything for church, for God. The real big member is a person who can become small and weak at any times. 
So please prepare yourself to do anything, any small and weak things for God. You should be able to wash others' feet carefully. We should be able to wash toilet, which others used. If you desperately adore it, then God will let you know what you should do. Let me show you one movie clip. This video briefly explains about the body and members of the church with interesting drawings. Let's, let's watch this. We all play an important role in the body of Christ, also known as the church, and God's given all of us gifts to help. The Apostle Paul talks about this in the book of 1 Corinthians. He said to think about it like this. In our human body, our eyes and our feet were made to do very different things. Our eyes were made to see, and our feet were made to walk. If our eyes and our feet decided to change places, how would we see? How would we walk? Our bodies wouldn't work very well. The body of Christ is the same way. God's given us our special gifts as part of His church. When we use those gifts well, the whole body of Christ works like it should to show God's love to each other and the world. But when we don't use our gifts or get jealous and wish we had different gifts, it's like we're an eye wishing we were a foot. God made you to be you with your own unique and special mix of gifts and talents. So think about how you can use the gifts He's given you to follow Jesus and serve others as part of the church. When you do that, you'll be true to the self God made you to be. Yes, what position do I have for church and for God? We need to find that and we need to do that. First of all, I must love my brothers and sisters and church where I belong to. I can pick up trashes for brothers and sisters with joy. I can participate in many kinds of meetings, fellowships, and Bible seminars with prayers. I can help those who are newly born again or those who are newly listening to the word. I can help who are sick in body or mind. I can pray for church or workers or members ceaselessly. That's what we can do. That's what I, uh, I am given by God. This is the truth that we need to keep in mind for living as a member of a church. Let me read. The more I serve, the more I am loved. That is true. The lower I go, the higher I am. That is true. The more I sacrifice, the richer I become. That is true. As a member of body, we need to have these 
spirit, then God will make use of you more and more. Chapter 4, Union. To understand union, let, let us read 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. Let me read. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. There is one head and one body. Many members are united together to become one. How can so many Christians gather and move as one body? We even don't know the Christians in the world. That's why God said that the church is the one of his mystery. And the union of a church is a miraculous work of God. Even though we don't know each other, God make us one and God do his work. That is the miracle. The miracle is from keeping my position and doing my role well. That is the first step. And from trusting and respecting each other. And the miracle is from remembering that Christ is each one's head. Let me, let's watch one movie clip. The ants are teaching us an amazing lesson. Let's watch that. When human cities flood, you'll often see cars and people in boats floating down the street. But when floods occur in the animal kingdom, you might see this, a raft made of ants. This video was captured in a flooded field in India. Monsoon rains brought torrents of water cascading through the area. But these red fire ants were ready with this interesting trick. Escaping their anthills and gathering atop one another to increase their collective buoyancy. Vishwanath, the environmentalist who captured the video, says she was out observing wildlife when she saw the floating red mass, saying, It was the first time that I saw it. The ants turned themselves into a raft and floated to survive the sudden flood and rise in water level. Not only is this a natural instinct for the ants to survive quickly rising waters, but the insects have been known to float on these living rafts for weeks at a time without ever succumbing to the deep waters. When a flood come and their nest was on the verge of a collapse, their unity maximized. They united to protect the queen, which was their head, and the eggs, the lives, they made one big raft. And on their backs, they carried queen and eggs, and they were floating on the water many days. Sometimes, a fish came and catch them and ate them, but they didn't move, they just kept their places. This reminds us of Christians becoming one and building a powerful church. There is one important concept we need to keep in mind to build a powerful church. 
That is, we call the order, O-R-D-E-R, -E the order. To understand this concept, we need to find 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 40. Let me read. Let all things be done decently and in order. This is one of God's attributes. There is order between the head and the body, and there is order among the members. Same chapter, verse 33. Same chapter, verse 33. Let me read. For God is not the author of confusion, in other versions, disorder, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. And the word peace means harmony. God loves the harmonious union. When you look into the creature by God, we can see his attribute. He loves harmony. He hates disorder. He is the God of order. Look at this picture, please. What is this? A snowflake. How beautiful they are. The reason they look beautiful is they are in order, in harmony. Look at this, how beautiful it is. They are saying that God hates disorder and loves harmony. This is what we call harmonious union. When we are told order, we usually think of vertical relationship and we usually think of the word obedience, disobedience. But the essence of the order of the church is different. Let's consider the traffic system. To understand that, this is traffic system. The essence of traffic order is keeping the position. If we keep our positions, go our separate ways, and do our jobs well, everyone will be safe and happy. The order of the church is to keep my position first and to respect each other's roles. We have to believe that the head arranges each role and places each one in their proper position. That is the essence of order, keeping position. Each member has a talent. And each member has something to do for God. That's what God uh, grants to each member. And God arranges that to accomplish His will. That's why God loves harmony, order. Let's see one more picture. In the world of nature, we can see this order. There is a leader, and the others are following the leader. This is also a type of harmony, right? This order is given by Creator. How adorable and peaceful they are, because they obey the order of God, they build this harmony in peace. 
in the family, there are older father, mother, and children. Likewise, in church, there is order, the like vertical relationship. We must acknowledge that there is the vertical order in the church. What is that? God rules the church. We should obey God's decision. He accomplishes his will, his will, his, his will through workers whom God has chosen. God chooses workers and assigns their roles. Workers must keep their position and perform their roles in royalty. We need to respect the workers because they are chosen by God and they are trying to accomplish the will of God. They are doing their position. That's why we need to do our roles and keep our position. What's that? Pray for the workers and help workers. Cooperate with workers. That's what we should do. That is our job. That is the harmony. That's the spirit God loves. All we have to do is trusting in God and following the decision of God. That's why we need to respect and follow the decision of God and workers. And please remember that the workers need our help and our prayer. We all should build peaceful and powerful and beautiful church together. Let us watch one impressive movie clip. Please pay attention to one boy. Did you see this boy? Yeah, what an impressive boy he is. Uh, he did his best not to lose. Even though the other team members have given up, this boy didn't give up. He tried his best to keep his position. He never abandoned. That's why the chance came to this team and he take the victory to their team. Because he didn't give up, 
he could bring victory to their team. Let's do our best to keep our position. This is our role. We don't have to look around and judge others. Sometimes the other member might be lo lost, might be seem to give up, but you don't have to judge them. All you have to do is keep your position well and don't give up because God has will for us. God will never give up. Our church will be grown up because that is the will of God and our head is mighty God. So if members don't give up, if members try to keep their position well, then God will do his work. Let's bring victory to God. Let's bring glory to God. That is our job. That is our responsibility. That is our mission. So we need to have some beliefs concerning our church. And we need to have some decision for our church. Let me summarize like this. Believe that the church is led by God. Believe that all workers are established and governed by God. Believe that God knows most wisely and prays for the church. Decide that I will keep my position and unite with the members around me. Yes, God prays more than me. God knows much better than I. So, we just entrust in God and we just decide to keep my position and be loyal to our role. That is what we should do. And let me show you one example for the perfect united church. What is the example? The good example is the early church. They grew up powerfully. They, we need to learn from them. Because there are reasons they could grow up so powerfully and the members increased so miraculously. God helped them because they were united. How could they do that? How could they do that? When you go to Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, we can see the regions they could grow up. Let me read. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. They continued steadfastly in the words of God, right? Words of God and fellowship and prayers and breaking of bread. They endeavored to be united with four kinds of these things. Words of God, fellowship, prayers, and breaking of bread. Then what does it mean by breaking of bread? When you go to verse 47, 46, 47, 
we can know the meaning. So, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Breaking bread means sometimes Holy Communion. And here, the meaning, is, meaning has more, more than that. Holy Communion and they serve each other. They open their house, they prepare the cook, and they serve each other. That's the meaning of love, meaning of serving. That's why they could be grown up. Yes, there were four regions. They were in one accord with the word of God. They listened to the word of God so carefully. They read the epistles of disciples so carefully. They loved the word of God very much. That's why they could be united. Word of God. And they loved to meet together and have fellowship. Every day, they tried to meet together. When they meet together, they serve each other, they prepare cook, and they treat each other with love. Jesus said, treat each other as much as you want to be treated. Yes, that's the love. They prepared bread and treat each other. And they have same topic of prayer. They pray in one accord. They prayed, they prayed for church, they prayed for workers, they prayed for the gospel, they prayed for the members who are sick, who are in difficulties. They prayed for everyone. That's why they could be grown up. The early church shows us the good example of united body. God walked through the early church, and the early church kept the gospel, and the early church preserved the church. That's why we got gospel. That's why we are in the church. Now, the responsibility is ours. We should be united because God has many things to do through us, many plans, many desires to do through our church. There are many lost souls whom we should not give up. That's why we need to be united. So please have the same heart on the word of God and have the same topics of prayer and love to gather together and have a fellowship and love to serve each other, treat each other. Then God will help us to be grown up and preach gospel to many souls. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, 
Thank you for saving us. Thank you for granting this grace to learn your word. We want to live for God. We want to preach this gospel, spread this gospel to the people. We want to be united. We want to be grown up. We want to be used by God for your will. Please help us. Please help us to be grown up. Please make use of us. We entrust all things in your hand. In the name of Jesus Christ, we prayed. Amen.